Welcome to the Winter Palace. I'm your host, Mark Cole, editor and publisher of Odessa's Test Magazine. Today on the pod is Lucha World's Alfredo Esparza to talk about all the news in Lucha Libre, including the return date for Lucha Underground and its arrival on Netflix. The guys that jumped from AAA, including Pentagon Jr., who's left in AAA, and a lengthy discussion as usual as to what is right and wrong with CMLL, including what's always right, and that is Negro Casas. We also talk about some Lucha Indie stuff, including the recent Chiro show, which will be available on video on demand, probably by the time that you listen to this podcast on Thursday. We also want to let everybody know that Fredo, in addition to his Lucha World pods, is co-host of the Lucha Talk podcast on the MLW Network. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Winter Palace. Our guest today always says Wednesday is a big day for Lucha News, and he was certainly right today. To talk about everything that's going on in the world of Lucha, including some podcast changes on his site, we welcome back to the show Lucha World's Alfredo Esparza. How's it going, Fredo? I'm doing good, Mark. How are you doing? I am good. So yeah, so the, uh, the big news from the last couple of weeks, I guess, is Bobby Z finally joining the Revolutionarios. <laughs> I guess that would be the big news right now. <laughs> yeah, it's not like uh, guys quitting promotions or TV shows coming back or anything like that. So we'll start with the news that came out this afternoon that Lucha Underground announced that they were coming back on May 31st and that in a couple weeks they're apparently going to finally show up on Netflix, which I think has been in the works it seems like ever since they started yeah um they also they're apparently also on amazon instant um instant video similar to itunes similar model to the itunes where you can download an 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 episode for a certain amount of money um not exactly amazon prime which is a little more similar to netflix but you know you get season two they only have season two right there but yeah the netflix i think we heard about the net i think last week Conan and um, a couple of other people, our, our good friend Dr. Lucha brought up how they were worried that that wasn't going to happen and maybe Netflix was going to buy them out. And then uh, I think a couple of days later, Court Bauer was the one that reported that Netflix was going to end up getting two seasons of um, the first two seasons of Lucha Underground starting on February 15th. And that apparently has, you know, after a couple of hours of people wondering if it was really going to happen, um, Netflix in Canada, their Twitter account um, mentioned that that was going to be happening that day. So that's that seems like it's a little more realistic now than it did uh, about a week ago. Yeah, it seems like that's just one of those golden golden goose things that people kept talking about as sort of, I guess, like an influx of money that the promotion might need to keep going because it seems like there's always stories about, you know, how long are they going to last, how serious is already committed to that and then you know you have all these weird issues with the talent not necessarily with lucha underground per se but with triple a and we'll get to that in a second and so i guess you know these deals both being announced today certainly leaves them on more solid footing yeah and the fact that they announced that when the second half of the season is coming up it's 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 kind of alleviated some of that stress that a lot of people like it was more so fans who kind of are, I think they view, wrestling fans kind of view it as a wrestling show and don't realize that it's actually more of a, a TV series where if you watch a lot of cable network, their series on those show, on those channels, they kind of split them up into like two halves and then like they might have one late in, in the year and then another half, you know, during the summer. So it, it kind of, it's something that's a little newer to us as wrestling fans that, you know, we're always very skeptical about whether or not a promotion is going to continue to exist when you know they take a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks or months off. Well, people who listen to the show certainly know that I personally see 
have always said Lucha Underground is a TV show with wrestling, not a wrestling show on TV. And I think certainly being owned by, in conjunction with El Rey and all that kind of stuff, that, that you know, they see it as a TV show. Yeah, that's but yeah, I guess, yeah, go ahead. It really is. very. It, it, that's really how it, it should be viewed. But I think it's very difficult when you're not getting the people from Al Ray really talking about it. It's more or less the Lucha Underground people that are talking about it or, or the, you know, we're getting, we're getting information secondhand or thirdhand sources. So it's like we don't get the actual, you know, the actual information directly from the, the horse's mouth, really. Yeah, and I guess uh, Cub said earlier that that return date on May 31st is, I guess, 19 weeks from when this season stops. So basically, it sounds like they're just going to repeat the first half of the season right up and then start the second half the next yeah. week. It makes sense for them to do that because, I mean, it's... I don't know. It's good. It, it, there's going to be a lot of fans that are going to forget what happened the last episode of lucha underground and they, they really need somebody the more they really need to keep keep people up to date on what's going on in lucha underground now related to lucha underground in a way it, i guess is the other big news from the last week or so and that's some of the guys who are in lucha underground leaving AAA. probably most notably uh pentagon Junior Pentagon Black, and his is what's his new name? Pent Zeromero or something like yeah. that. Yeah, Penta Penta and Cero Miedo. And so, yeah, that's that. I think it's more him than than the other guys because Daga hasn't been on for a while. I don't think he's been on in season three. And um, Garza Junior has only done dark um, dark matches on you know on taping. So it's really more him and you know Phoenix who left, you know after the the season three taping so it's 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 an interesting situation because in in triple in mexico you have so much um so much of a craziness going on with triple a and we don't really know what's going on with lucha underground with uh, pertaining to these these wrestlers that are part of that promotion because it hasn't started you know we don't have a taping you know we don't have dates for the next if there's going to be a season four if there's going to be taping when are they going to happen? We're basically just guessing right now, and so right now it's kind of like one of those weird things where everything bad, everything everything bad is going on in in, in Mexico. While in in the U.S., these guys are getting indie bookings and in, and in bigger um, independent promotions. So you're getting a little more um, positivity over here as opposed to what you're getting in Mexico right now. Well, it certainly. See, I don't remember who we talked to the last time about this. It may have been. It may have been Cubs, but yeah, it seems like for guys like Phoenix and Pentagon, that certainly making sort of the the U.S. almost their number one priority would be would be beneficial to them, especially financially, given how hot they are. You know, like in in AAW and AIW and other places like that. Yeah, yeah, and and you know the 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 other thing with um at the time that like when Phoenix did it, um. There was um, Dorian, even though he is one of the owners, the Roldan family is one of the owners in the involved in Lucha Underground and all that stuff. Um, he wasn't as it, it wasn't as like heavily mentioned that he was one of the guys, you know, the in charge of talent and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, they made him the the head of um, relations and all this stuff. They gave him they gave him more responsibility in, in within Lucha Underground. So now you're kind of like now now there's more concern of what the backlash backlash is going to be from these guys leaving, and basically really like not being very happy talking about what what they had to go through in, in AAA, and they it I think the the only the only thing that might help them in Lucha Underground is that there's more people involved there that are going to have voices in the decision process of keeping them there. So it's like. I kind of think that's going to help them, but even if it doesn't, you know, like like we were saying, um, worst case scenario, these guys become independent. They they get released from their contract. It opens up a lot of opportunities for all of these, like for Penta, Cero Miedo. I mean, this guy's already a a, a name on the independent scene in, in the United States. It would open up a lot more opportunities for him. So it's like you kind of, I think, I think that's something that that Lucha Underground 
I think Dor they're going to have to outweigh Dorian really being upset at what happened in AAA and what benefits Lucha Underground on, in the long term. Because realistically for those guys, especially Pentagon, I mean, his name is now known. It's like, I don't think he really needs to be on Lucha Underground anymore. It's like he's he's an established name, you know, certainly on the indie scene. It's, you know, he would almost be better off, you know, not knowing about payoffs or anything like that. But he'd almost be better off just strictly going independent, you know, yeah. like, and without the sort of the restrictions of the Lucha Underground, you know, because, you know, we've seen a couple times that, you know, Lucha Underground has has sort of exercised their contract about guys working certain places or using their Lucha Underground gimmicks versus their regular gimmicks. And so, it, you know, for him, at least, it would seem like he'd be better off on his own. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the other thing is, like, he's pretty much gotten to the point where he's getting the... You know, in the past, you wouldn't see luchadors, like, if they wanted to leave somewhere, it was very difficult for them to get to the main independent promotions. You know, it, that that is the hard, that, that was a, a difficult thing for a lot of those guys to do, and Pentagon pretty much made it into PWG, which is pretty much the, the place where a lot of these guys who are affiliated with Lucha Underground, but maybe wrestle under a different gimmick, when they show up in, in, in PWG, that's where they actually get recognized and start getting more independent bookings. And now, like like we were saying, he's getting AEW, he's going to Europe, he's going all over the place. So it, it, he's going to South America, I think in March he's going to uh, Peru or something. So it's like, it's, there's so many more, um, it's, it's become, a, it, it's easier for him and Phoenix. I don't know about Garza Jr. and Daga just because Garza Jr., I don't really view him as a guy that's going to be like his work isn't at the level where you would think he's an indie darling or somebody that's going to be a, a guy that you would want on, on major independent shows. I mean, he would do great. Like if it's a promoter that, you know, the old Memphis, Memphis philosophy of, you know, a, a, a pretty boy that draws the women. I think that he would be great in that. And Daga, I think Daga, just because his name isn't as, um, as known in the U.S., he appeared in Lucha Underground, but I think the trouble that he has is that when he was in Lucha Underground, he wasn't getting that those um, indie bookings that Penta and um, Phoenix and Hijo de Fantasma, those guys were getting a little more opportunities. Whereas Daga wasn't really he wasn't a he wasn't a known Lucha Underground guy really. And I think he might he might actually be the one that has a, a more difficult time in the U.S., but he might actually end up being the one that, ha that does pretty well in, the, in Mexico. I guess it's also a question of if these guys, like, these guys, you know, have this faction now where they're calling themselves the Rebellion. It's yeah. like, I wonder if they're going to go to indie promoters and sort of try and book themselves as a package. I, I think that would be great for Garza Jr. and Daga. Like, and, you know, really, I think that would be, like, Penta and Phoenix kind of helping these guys out. I think, like I said, Garza Jr., I think he's going to do well getting booked on Lucha shows, like, in, in American Lucha shows because of his look and and maybe there's going to be a couple of indie promotions that are going to like just because of what he looks like. I think Garza Jr. might be one of those guys that ends up going elsewhere beyond independent wrestling just because of his look. But um, yeah, if they go in together, I think that would be a good way for them, um, for Daga and Garza Jr. to be more recognized for um, independent wrestling fans. I presume there's no chance that any of these guys end up in CMLL, is there? Um, I, 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 I don't think so. I don't either. It's just it's I think I think our best hope may be that if these guys are independent and not part of AAA, that they'll be allowed to work the CML guys on Cairo or Cairo Lucha, you know, so, yeah. you know, we can see Pentagon, you know, versus, you know, I'm sure somebody with a lot of money is going to want to book Rush versus Pentagon if they can. Yeah. And it's already been like discussed on Facebook among Lucha fans. Um, it's, I think it's possible. I think the one difficult, the one, I think you already know who, what the one, um, the one, the one reason that it might not happen is because these guys are very connected to Conan, and I think that might actually end up causing a little bit of friction between CML and these guys. But I think. I think down the road, I think the problem with Pentagon right now also is that he's, he's up to, he's, and Phoenix, really, they're still part of Lucha Underground, so they wouldn't, you could see them on Cara Lucha, um, like you were saying, the Lucha main shows and stuff like that, I could see that happening, but I can't see them being like in CMLL. 
Um, Daza, I really think down the road, he might actually be somebody that they could consider. I don't know why Garza Jr. hasn't been um, talked to, because like I said, he's he's a guy who has a look that I think would end up, I mean, it would draw, it would be a draw for like the, 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 the female audience. And I think, I think those two guys, it's possible, but I mean, I don't see, I think they're probably thinking further beyond Mexico more than, um, than, than, you know, thinking let's, let's go to female, it's more of a, let's go outside of Mexico right now. Well, you mentioned Conan and that sort of also segues that these guys made their announcement at the crash show yeah. a couple of weeks ago in Tijuana. And it seems like crash is trying to expand running more often in Tijuana and maybe also across the country. Do you yeah. think, you think this, that's sort of real? I mean, I guess elite is pretty much, gone for the most part so like well could the crash sort of fill that you know like third big company if you want to maybe say if that's possible yeah you know i think it's it's possible but right now also there's also um Tinebles jr who's running that full promotion and what he's doing it's actually a little um it's it's it, it looks like it's a smarter um uh, a smarter thing to do where I think you might have heard of Octagon started a promotion called Legado Dragon, and it's actually like a it's it kind of what it is. It's basically um, Kinebles Jr. creating brands with these guys. Like Octagon has his own, his own group, but it's under the the, the Kinebles Jr. banner of the full promotion. And Alberto announced that he's going to do that also. He has a he has another another show that's going to happen, and it's it's it, it has its own name. But um, it's under Dignablas Jr.'s um, banner of full. So there's also that promotion. And I don't really, I don't, they drew really well. Uh, Octagon's first show drew really well. So there's a little bit of, there's there's something to that. But I think right now it's it's, it's all over. There's so much, um, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great unknown right now because with the crash, Conan has all these great ideas of all what they're doing. And it's kind of, it kind of, they kind of have a, a lot of ideas where it's, you kind of worry about them talking about TV and all this stuff. And I don't really know if TV is like TV in Mexico right now. I mean, look how, how difficult it, it was for CML. It's been for CML to get a T they don't have a national TV um, show. It's really, they have cable shows. Um, Elite is on Azteca and they, they had to take some time off and we don't even know if Elite, you know, we don't know if they're going to come back. Cybernetico claims they're going to come back. They're, they're doing the similar model that um, Lucha Underground has, where they're they're running it as, according to him, they're running in seasons, um, which was a surprise because nobody else heard about that till he said it. Um, the Crash, I think the one advantage they have is that Conan is actually bringing in like the big names, like the Hardys, and you know while the Hardys to us it's like maybe they're not. Although I think they 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 are still names for us in the United States. In Mexico, there are certain parts of Mexico where I think the Hardy name would actually draw a good crowd. So they have those guys. They're bringing in a U.S. talent. They're bringing back Jeff Jarrett. Um, they have all the independent talent available. They don't have a relationship with CMLL. Um, there's there's still there's the possibility that other guys can jump from AAA to the Crash. Um, it just it, it, it with with Conan, you really don't know because it's always a surprise. And and so like I could see that they could probably fill in that role where um, elite is missing right now. Like I said, when they start talking about TV, you start when you start worrying about you don't really think it's possible to like it's it's going to be a little harder than they probably think it's going to end up being. Did you get to see any of the crash show from a couple weeks ago? Um, I just saw the, the 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 debut the show where the the portion where the those guys debuted on. Did you watch it? I didn't watch it. No. Um, I guess moving on to CMLL, since that's mainly what we talk about on my show. Um, the guys just came back from Fantastica Mania in Japan. Um, has there been much... Do you think there was more buzz about that this year than maybe in years past? Do you think it's always just about the same? It's, it always feels like it's the same. Do you mean buzz like with with Japanese fans or and us or Mexico? Because it's like CMLL, the promotion, it's just... I'm just surprised at how little they, they they really do with with all that stuff. It just seems like it wasn't 
there wasn't as much buzz this year. I don't know. It's maybe it's because like not all the matches have come out yet, but it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe in years past, it seems like there's been one or two matches that people were talking about, yeah. and it doesn't seem like there were any of those this year. It's like, and again, maybe it maybe it's where my sort of interests lie. But you know, other than like the Maximo Hechicera match, it doesn't seem like you know anything was really that big of news. It was sort of more interesting just watching guys post funny stuff on their Twitter or Instagrams while they're, you know, certainly Cavernario, you know, was doing a bunch of funny stuff while he was over there, but you, know, you didn't really hear much about any of the matches. Yeah, you, you you didn't really get the, there weren't, like, usually you had, like, Mascara Dorada versus Sombra get a lot of buzz in the past, or, like, some somebody something, like, with Lolodor. I think last year there were a couple of matches that people were raving about. Dragon Lee and, and Kamikaze, I think, had a match in um, Fantastic Mania last year, and now this year, I don't think you got the same level of buzz. I, I would agree with you. I don't think there was as much buzz this year. I mean, it, it didn't. It didn't really. It didn't really. Um, I think also there was like also all, all the stuff that was going on. Maybe it just got lost while everything else was going on with AAA. You know, just having all these issues. And we're in that sort. We're in another one of those CMLL periods where we're sort of in between big shows now, and so. You know, you get your occasional good match on TV, but Dos Leyendas is still, like, a month away. And even though, you know, they've announced that Viano 3 is, like, the person they're honoring this year, it's like, we really haven't, I don't think, seen any... Maybe this, they're... I guess there seems like they're building maybe to Stuka versus Bucanero in some kind of match. <laughs> and I jokingly said this the other day, and I'm afraid it might be true, that we might be getting a... Diamante Azul versus Piroth mask match on that show, which would be frightening. Yes, we're, we're, we. I think those are the two matches that that have they started um, like teasing, and I think there's another match that they have that that nobody really cares about that they've been teasing, and it's like it's like we're we're at this point where we're wondering what. But you know, every once, every time we think there, it's going to be something horrible for Dos Leyendas or even the anniversary, they always come through with something a little stronger. Um. Yeah, I think the Piros Diamante Azul. I mean, they've been constantly talking about that as a feud, and it's like, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they realize how bad that. I mean, Diamante Azul versus Rush was awful. I can't imagine this being any better than that. So. Well, it seems like the last couple of weeks they're constantly pulling each other's masks off, and you know that's yeah. usually the sign of where they're going. So, yeah. the, I guess you, we, yeah, I guess I we can maybe. I guess hopefully, you know, maybe we'll get the the Casas Trios title match at the at Dos Landes, which at least you know would make hopefully at least one good match on that show. Yeah, and you know the other thing is I think I, I don't know how long Yoshi Tatsu is going to be in in Mexico. There's that other possibility. So there's a lot of there's a lot of weird uh, possible matches that can happen in, in for Dos Landes. Um, I'm hoping they actually do something that's going to be a lot stronger than because they, they really like like you're saying it's 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 Yamante Fukuyoshi that's been getting a lot of focus and um, they just started the Ray Bucanero Stuka Junior feud a couple of, like just yesterday really on Tuesday and um, the the Casas family hasn't had their title match which I think everybody's been waiting for and they even asked Mephisto when is it going to happen and he's like when Lucy Perno's back from vacation and is Lucy Ferno back from late vacation, or we we really don't know what's going on with all these guys? It's it's, it's a little bit of a it's 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 the it's the difficult time of um, Kim out where there's just a downtime in between um in between their from what they're doing the Fantastic Mania to Dos Leyendas. There's always that period where there's just a downtime. The good thing is, I mean, we're not we're not getting that trios match, but we are getting now all of these. I guess sort of like a mini dynasty round robin feud between the Casas's, the Panthers, and now, you know, the Dinamitas. Because that match, the match from last week was not was not that bad, and I think last last night's match was pretty good between the Panthers and the Casas's. Oh really? They yeah, threw. I they threw yeah. money. I mean, I thought it was an above average TV match. I don't know if it was sort of money worthy because I thought there were a couple weird spots in it but you know it, I don't think I don't think any of us are going to complain if those guys wrestle on TV like every week so 
Yeah, it's it, it's weird because now uh, the the throwing money thing is starting to like sometimes they'll throw money and you're like it was okay, it wasn't that great, it was it was good, it wasn't that um, it wasn't a match of your candidate, but yeah, um, I thought the Dinamitas um that match from Friday um, um, Dave Quattro wasn't was replaced by Forestero and we found out Forestero was just as good as Quattro, so that that the Junior Dinamitas are really like a lot better than a lot of people expected, but you know you got. You have Mascareño dos Mil in the match, and I actually didn't. I don't think Mascareño dos Mil. It's like he's bad, but I think when you have Piroz on the show following him, it's like then you realize you know Mascareño dos Mil isn't the worst wrestler in in CMLL right now, and I think that's kind of like that's the competition that they're having between him and uh, and and Piroz and Diamante Azul. I think I'm wor- I'm more worried about the whole Diamante Azul Piroz match than than what they're going to do with um the because you know Mascareño dos Mil you could hide it in those trio matches and they've been able to pull that off because you know Sanson, Cuatrero, Forastero, they've all they're all really good. And when they face the Panthers or the Cat or the Casas family, the entire group is exceptional. So it's like they you can kind of cover them up in that. Yeah, I was gonna say when you've got five other good workers, it's like if yeah. you have a slightly below average one, especially when, you know, they seem all of these matches always seem to be be built sort of the final ends up being sort of the veteran versus the veteran. So, you know, if you put him in there with Casas or you put him in with Panther, you know, generally yeah, speaking, it's not, you know, they'll work around it. Yeah. And like I was saying, you watch that match that happened later with the Ingober Nobles and you're like, you're just watching it. You're just thinking this is really, <laughs> it was, it was a lot worse than, than what, what you're watching earlier. So, you know, you kind of, you tend to forget that Moscow and me was, was anywhere like, you know, if he was, you start to think he was adequate, pretty much. Well, and the thing that you said about the money is, I know, I think, uh, I think Rob has made this point in the past that money, it's, I think throwing money is now sort of part of the, the Lucha experience, especially for the tourists. Yeah. You know, that, that it's just something that you do. It's like, we've seen, like, it seems like a pretty decent uptick in tourists, especially on the Friday night show. Yeah, the, the Friday shows, the Friday shows are packed. I mean, compared to like the, the Tuesday and the Sunday and the Monday. Well, the Monday shows are fine because it's in Puebla, but um, they 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 packed that that building with um tourists. And like you were saying, the the, the money thrown thing. Um, Rob was pointing out on on Twitter like several months ago that that you could tell who's the person that 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 that's in the Tori Lucha, the bus that takes the 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 foreigners or the the you know the tourists to the show. And he's like, you could tell who's there because that's the that's the match that gets the money thrown. <laughs> like. So yeah, it's true. And the other thing, I, the other person I think that's really benefited from this upswing in tourists has got to be Marco because he is like super hot. Yeah. With, you know, with all the with all the like drunk chicks in the crowd that you know he's he's certainly been like revitalized. I mean, it seems like they're using him a lot more. I mean, that may be you know maybe he was taking he was sort of taking lesser bookings due to his his kid being born yeah. but it seems like he's he's back to being sort of a regular and back at being on the top of the card because of the the crowd reactions yeah and, he, and his match is usually the one where, where we end up like our heads start spinning because of the number of times that we get the, the 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 shot of the crowd to the back to the match and it's constant like non-stop during his matches but yeah every time they go to the crowd it's always some some girl like some drunk girl getting excited that he's you know, he's swiveling his hips or doing a hip swivel, doing something, uh, you know, just standing there and they're, they're reacting to it. Yeah, he's, he's he looks – it's the other guy that's also kind of been getting a little bit more, more of a reaction now is um, Sam Adonis. I notice he's getting a little more um, – you know, I think people notice that, hey, you know, more tourists go. They see, a uh, you know, the gringo, the evil gringo, and he's he's doing a great job with that, with the, the flag, the, the Trump the Trump face on the on the American flag. So I think, I think he's also – He's also benefited. I think a lot of the older guys are um, like Lou Panther and Negro Casas. They're also benefiting because they're getting a lot more uh, when they get in when they step in the ring. There's a lot more people yelling because there's a, a bigger crowd. And e- even if you're if you're a tourist and maybe you don't know who they are, but you hear other people reacting to them and tell you know you might hear somebody say that he's a legend or something, you'll react as well. So I kind of noticed those are the guys that are really getting um, far better reactions of late. Well, certainly. Well, certainly Casas, I mean, aside, you know, from being the best, you know, I mean, he is, he, it seems like he's so great at working the crowd and that probably works, 
especially well for tourists because he's so expressive with what he does. Yeah, he he's. I mean, it's amazing. Like, I think I think every every podcast I've done, um, Nero Casas' name comes up, and it's always just we're everybody being amazed at how great he is right now. I mean, Atlantis and Blue Panther are still capable. There's a couple of other guys who are really good, but Nero Casas still has the total package of just being really good in the ring, um, understanding how to like get a crowd reaction. Everything he he just understands. It's like he's the total package where he understands. It's like. It's and, and he's what fifty six, fifty seven years old, and he's still amazing in the ring. I mean, he's still somebody that that the the new the younger guys want to work against because they know he's gonna he's gonna bring it every single night. And I think that's I mean he's just amazing right now. Well, I mean, we said it before. If you look at 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 Dos Mill, it's like you know he's I he assume he's roughly like the same age as you know Panther and Casas, and he's you know below average but still you know competent. And that it just makes you appreciate Costas even more. And it's like you know, Panther slowed down, and he has his moments where he he doesn't he doesn't click anymore. And and Atlantis slowed down a little. Un, you know, it's unfortunate. Costas seems to you know his only problem is he does such crazy stuff that he gets hurt. And you know, so he's gone. You know, it's like does a fifty six year old man really need to be doing taking the the apron sunset flip bump? Really, that's insane. And and you know, it's it's funny because. With with social media, you get to see these, you get to get know these guys a little better. You know, you may not you may not know them personally, but you more or less know them through um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And one of the things you'll go you'll notice on Facebook and even Twitter at times, but most more so on Facebook, you'll see um, Nero Casas holding his grandkid or two both his all his grandkids now. I mean, I think he has three now. Um, and you're just like looking at it, and you're like, I can't believe this is like the greatest wrestler in the world. And here he is holding a little baby and smiling and playing around with him. And it's like, stop doing these crazy bumps. Stop doing all these crazy uh, dives. That, you know, crazy like, you know, the bumping that he does. It's like, stop doing it. We want you to have a long life and enjoy your grandchildren. You know, but it's like, you know, you you like he said, he he he's one of those guys who believes that you give it you give it all you got in the ring. And he really does. I mean, like you were saying with Blue Panther, I mean, the one thing I will say about Blue Panther, he is really good at, at, at um, planning out a, a trios match. When you see him in a trios match, it's far better than what it would be with um, with, any, with with a different combination of guys. I mean, his, his the way he plans it, more or less, is, is he, he's probably the guy that should be doing that more often. I wish he would do it for the uh, some of these lower card matches that um, CML, like, throws out there where you kind of just don't really want to watch them but um yeah these it's it's just amazing to see these guys still going i mean atlantis i mean atlantis i think the problem that atlantis has is that sometimes he's on so often that we kind of see that we notice that he's getting older but when he has a when he has a good rivalry and it's a big match he always steps up and has a really good match that uh, for that for that like for an anniversary show or a dos leyendas yeah i think that's i think in a way, it's like we almost there may almost be too much CMLL for us to watch. That especially you know those first and second matches where you know especially if it's the same like dozen guys that we see in different combinations, whether it's yeah. like the lower car guys or the minis or even the women to a certain level. Yeah. It's like it's there's a seemingly infinite. Uh, you know, we joke about the hat. But you know, it's like you never know like which combination of these three moderately okay to usually below average guys are teaming up and it's like sometimes if you're lucky, you know, you'll stumble upon a good match. But generally speaking, it's sort of I think we all sort of know now to either watch the show the next day on YouTube or like skip the first hour and then if by a miracle there's a good match, we can watch it later. But some of that stuff, this, you know, the first hour of Puebla, you know, is just <laughs> if it's like the local guys and you're just like and they give them like a half an hour. And it's like, yeah. it's like, please, you know, I understand, you know, giving these guys work and all. But do we really <laughs> need like a two out of three falls, 25 minute match with these, you know, even the battalion isn't as good as they were you know when we when we first got to start watching puebla yeah because it's like you've already seen them and it's the same match over and over again uh and you know you're talking about puebla um the lucha retro show that 
started going to replays, repeat the past couple of weeks. Um, they had a, they give guys like Canelo, the, the, the matches that have, the Saturday shows have a lot of the undercard guys working like the second, third match. And it's like, so you basically end up having more shows with Leono, Canelo Casas, um, Scandalo. So it's basically that combination of guys that you don't really want to watch on a Tuesday show. Well, now you have it on, on Saturdays. And you would think it being on TV that they're going to edit it down to where it's like, you know, 20 minutes. No, they actually have the entire, like, match. And it's just split in between, like, in between falls or commercial breaks. But you're still getting 25, 30 minutes of the same match that you really don't want to watch live on a Tuesday show. And it's like, it's, it's, it, I think that's where I think that's where it's helped that we have more independent promotions getting CMLL talent because we get to see a lot of these guys that are in repetitive matches that are really that are actually good like Sobrano Jr. Um, Star Jr. Some of the guys who you think might have a little more promise you see them on those other shows working against different guys as opposed to seeing them wrestling you know th- that combination that like Scandalo Okumura Sagraseka. You know, or you know, it's a different guy this time, and it's it's Cancer Barrow and Gondalo and Sagrasteca. So it's like it, it's helped that 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 now there's a little more of that on YouTube, where you could you know you could search that stuff out. But you really wish CMLL would actually do that too, because I mean I wouldn't mind. Would it hurt them to have like a singles match every once in a while just so just to not have you know, the same trio over and over. I, that's what I loved about the old Lucha Retro lineup when they started doing the singles matches. It was such a different show compared to the other stuff where they would have the five singles matches, a tag match, and a trios match. And instead of sticking with that, they just made it into the same show that is on every single other um, CMLL show. So you're really not getting much of a difference, and it's like, it's it's boring, you know, really. And even, you know, it looked like for a while that they were, you know, giving us fairly decent lightning matches. Yeah. On, But, I mean, last night was, was Triton versus Raziel. And it's like, really? And <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't really a bad match. It was probably like the second best match on the show after the Panthers yeah, and the Costases. But it's like, really? It's like, what was the week before it was like, Scandalo versus, you know, one of the random lower card baby faces in here. Yeah. It's like, do we really? That when you said you said that the one going back to when we were talking about Fantastic Mania, it seems like the one thing that people were talking about is how good Soberano Jr. was, and how people were hoping that maybe this will lead to maybe him slowly working his way up. You know, maybe instead of being in the second match, he'll now start being in the third match. And, it, you know, it seems like there's certain guys you just have to get that very slow, gradual ascent up the card. Yeah, you know, I think Sobrano Jr. is at the point where he should actually, like, do, they should actually do what they did with Mascara Dorada and all these other guys in the past, you know, where they get to work with, um, you know, Virus, really, Virus. He's the one that they really have to have Sobrano Jr. maybe start a feud with him or Felino, you know, one of the more established veterans who doesn't mind, you know, who understands that this guy is like the next guy that they pick to be a star in the promotion. It's my job to make this guy look good and, and move him up. And instead of doing that, they're like, oh, let's have this guy be in matches. He's in the third match now, but now he's in there with Scandalo and, and you know, the combination of Raciel Constabero or some other guys. And that's not really like, I don't think that's helping him as much as, as it would help him, like, to move on with, you know, Virus, Maybe, like, in trios matches, kind of just be attached to that guy for a bit so, so he could elevate him. And, you know, it's it's it, it gets a little too repetitive with CMLL that I think I think a lot of the fans who are more positive about CML are people that haven't really been watching it. But when you've been watching it for a long time, you kind of have to realize that you have to kind of give up on certain, you know, you're not going to watch every episode or like what, what you're, you said earlier, the Tuesday show, if you're going to watch the Tuesday or the Monday show, it's best to watch it on, on, on you know, when it's already uploaded and, and posted on YouTube rather than watching it live. Um, they did the VOD that this past Sunday on, which, you know, that came out of nowhere for a buck. 
Um, I don't know, Mark, were you planning on paying to watch that show for a buck? I don't think it's worth a buck. That, <laughs> it's the problem. It's like, you know, the one time they do this, it's like, yeah. why couldn't they spring one of these random things when they're like, was it like the other day when like there was like a Casas versus Caristicum match? Like, it's like, why not do it that day? That's something we all would actually pay for. Yeah, it's it's weird. They had that show that had um, man, I'm trying to think. There was a show in um that I think it, it was last year where they they just had a really good lineup. I think it might have been a Saturday show, and everybody was talking about man, they should put that match. They should put, you know, make that available. Put it up for a buck. People would actually order the one match. Just put up the one match, and we'll be we'll be we'll be okay with that. And what they do, they don't answer. They don't respond. They randomly post this show, and it's like. You go through that lineup, and there was nothing. I mean, there was nothing you would really want to watch. I mean, there was nothing that you could have probably just watched on a on a Tuesday show. And why why a Sunday show? I mean, Sunday shows are really like that's the that's the one day where half the roster is like, you know, working elsewhere. So it's not as it's not as solid. I think next 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 Sunday they have, uh, I think they have Negro Casas versus Caristico on that or or uh, somebody like that, and it's like. That should be the the show that you put up, and really we don't really know. But the rest of the lineup isn't really something that that's something that I think you wouldn't already have seen on a, on a Friday show, really. It's you know I think I think a lot of us have just learned. It's like with CMLL, it's like you you wait for the like good you know you wade through like the Monday and Tuesday stuff and even some of the Friday stuff, and it's just like you just wait for like the like once a month or twice a month when like something sort of broken clock, you know, happens where you yeah, get, it's, it's, it's really like, good. it's like, you know, you get the thing last night, you know, or the Costas and the Panthers, or you get that Friday night show from a couple of weeks ago, you know, the, the year's best rematch show that none of us could believe actually, like, why did they do, you know, we weren't complaining that they did it because it had mostly good matches, but it's like, why did they suddenly decide to do this? Like, don't complain, just just enjoy it. Yeah, and you know, it's weird. Wouldn't you have, like, if that worked and people were interested? I mean, I would think instead of, like, doing this random show with, with random matches for a buck, I would have been like, hey, we did this best, but let's, do, let's try that again on a Sunday show. You know, maybe different combinations of matches that were really good that happened recently. And let's do this, book this, and see if that if that has interest for a buck, and maybe people will order it. You know, I would have done that. That would have made more sense. You know, put the Casas family versus um, hijos del Inferno, um, Inferno in a non-title match. You know, maybe that would draw in more people than than you know the random. Let's have Nero Casas team with a monster and Pierrot or something like that. And it's it's like it 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 just randomly happens, and it's weird because people constantly ask. Like, hey, where do I find out about these these the stuff that CMLL is doing? And it's like, hey, you're asking the wrong guy because I watch Informa, I watch practically every single show. I I keep up with their website. Um, you know, I ask people what's going on, and they still do stuff that I don't know. I don't I, that suddenly just comes out of nowhere that they don't even they don't even talk about. You know, I mean the VOD they haven't talked about it at all. On they didn't talk about it on Informa. So it's like this. This seems like there's no um, communication. It's just, it's just weird. It's a weird promotion, really. It's like you could think, well, maybe this was like a trial thing that yeah. they wanted to do like in secret. But then it's like, then it's just, yeah, it's, it's like it's Chinatown. It's just like it's CMLL, and that's that's really like the answer to nine out of ten questions you ask. It's like, yeah. it's CMLL, and don't, don't. But speaking of of VOD, did you get the did you order the the Chiro show from a couple weeks ago? Have they posted that? Don't I? I thought it was supposed to be up by now. I thought it was supposed to be Tuesday. Or, I guess I had I've sort of been out of the loop for the last couple of days. But yeah, yeah, I hadn't seen anybody mention it. Now that I think, yeah, you, know, you say that. Yeah, I don't think they posted it as of right now that I that, that we're talking we're talking on. They haven't even mentioned because there were some lineup changes on that show, so. There's really like they haven't really brought it up. Um, the guys who were in charge of um, filming that that show didn't mention anything about it. At least I, that I heard. I don't think they've mentioned anything about it. Um, the promoter hasn't said anything. So 
that's another thing. Hey, maybe the maybe uh, CML is roving off on on on, on Lucha Means. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I know is I know that there is a fan version of the Hechicera versus Doctor Cerebra match, and I know Matt watched it and he said it was really good, but I haven't had the chance to watch it yet. Yeah, there, there's also a fan version of um, Rush versus Ray Rowe, and then um, the promoter gave um, Anna Gutierrez, who um, handles the Fuego del Ring. I think she still writes for Fuego, Fuego del Ring, or she did she did it on her Facebook page. Um, he gave her access to he gave her permission to film um, to to upload or live. I don't know. I think it's live uh, Facebook Live the the Kira versus um, Silhouette title match. So I got, I actually got to watch that. That was actually pretty good. Um, uh, Kira won the title, so that's another one. That's now they're now we're seeing some independent talent winning um, CMLL affiliated on um, championships. So there's a there's more possibilities that maybe there's going to be some more indie talent appearing in um, CML, CMLL. But you know, like like all things CMLL, we really don't know. It's more more about us guessing than anything else. And that was another thing. I I don't know when. It's been coming out, but I know that, you know, that, that Lucha Memes is, you know, now has a fairly good working relationship with CMLL now. So we're going to see a lot more, I get I don't know, crossover. I know, I know I've seen people talk about that maybe Lucha Memes is going to get to run Arena Coliseo, I think. Is yeah. that how that, how that went? Because we know that, you know, Terry and, and Negro and Navarro have the... The Arena Coliseo tag titles. Yeah, tag titles. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, and that's yeah, and that's a match that I wrote about on the site a couple weeks ago. If people want to go check that out, and you can get that match from Black Terry. But yeah, so I think that's like like you were saying before, it's been great for like the last year or two, where we get to see guys in CMLL sort of get to spread their wings a little bit more on all these indie shows. Certainly. You know, Hechicero has certainly benefited from that. I think Puma and Tiger have benefited from that. And maybe, you know, like Star Jr. and Soberano, like we were saying before. It's like, you know, getting to see those guys in a different setting has been, you know, a good thing for us. Yeah, and, you know, it, 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 it's unfortunate because while we see this with the outside promotions, it's like, why isn't CMLL, like, realizing they have talent that they can actually do more than just waste them away in those those repetitive trios matches. It's like... Echicero, I mean, Echicero is like, I thought he was going to be at least defending the title a little more frequently, and really they haven't done as much. And, you know, he just came back from Fantastic Mania, and he actually got a big, decent push in, in Fantastic Mania, so I, I can't really, like, I can't really put them down for that. They, they've really done a lot more with him of late, but I think I think we're all kind of waiting for that moment when we finally see, like, the Puma Tiger, Echicero, all those guys kind of, like, start getting more opportunities. And, you know, some of the older guys kind of like, you know, being more involved with those guys, because I don't think we're going to see those guys, you know, push down. It's more likely they're going to be more involved with them. But, yeah, it's, it's I think it's, I think it's, I think what's going to happen with Lucha Means, it's, it's more about Lucha Means getting that, those, that talent coming to, um, to their promotion. And also when they bring in foreign talent, like from Ring of Honor, that gives Ring of Honor another place for these guys to show up to work and work like like you know there's certain ring of honor guys that danny would be more familiar with than cmll i don't think cml would even like i think cml could say i mean ring of honor could send cmll whoever they wanted and i don't think cml would even know who that person is whereas i think daniel ledesma being uh he's he's he would be one he's one of the few promoters that i think would actually know who is in ring of honor and he would bring in somebody that he wants and as part of the deal, that person would end up being in uh, CMLL. I think that's more what's how it's going to work. Hopefully, that sounds like it, the way it may be going, which would be good for all of us. Yeah. Um, before we go, uh, you made some changes at Lucha World, which includes some new podcasts, which people can get at a new place. So why don't you talk about that? Yeah, so um, we've been doing the Lucha World podcast for, like, I think since 2008 2009 it's mostly lucha world podcast basically just current news we we will talk about historical stuff but usually it's you know unfortunately when somebody passes away that's really when you bring up the history part of it i think i think there's so much current news going on within the last 
year and year and a half that I kind of we kind of felt that we had to do a, a, a different podcast where it would involve more about um, classic lucha libre. So we started the Lucha Classic the podcast, which you could find on the on the on the podcast. Uh, we basically ha- I had to basically get an, another podcast service to handle all this stuff. So you could visit um, luchaworld.podbean.com, and that's where you could find you could find all our podcasts. Um, the Lucha Classic, the podcast, which is going to be about classic lucha. We're currently talking about. Um, we're trying to like since Kurt kind of has his his own um, his own interests and my interests. And if you listen to the show, you'll notice the differences in interests that we have. I'm more interested in like the '90s, '80s. You know, there's still a little more of the 2000s, that early 2000s that I'm interested in. Whereas Kurt is more about um, the 1930s, 1940s, and 1950s, which. You know, that kind of, but I think people who have heard the Lucha World podcast, they know that that's the case. Um, so we kind of decided to mix it in. And Kurt also loves Argentinian wrestling. He's kind of the ring. So basically what we're gonna, what we're doing is we're doing a combination of a, 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 a bomb. Lucha Libre from Mexico, um, some stuff like from the 30s, you know, we'll throw in some stuff from the 80s, the 90s. And we're also talking about Argentinian wrestling on the Lucha Classic podcast. And we're also doing the Lucha World podcast, which was current news, which is something that I kind of tend to end up having to be more of a more of the hands-on approach to that since I'm the one that keeps up with that. And Kirk kind of, you know, Kirk kind of tends to forget a little bit of that stuff, not follow through with watching a lot of the the CMLL stuff. He's lost his love for Puebla, unfortunately. I didn't want to bring that up, but you know, I figure I figure this is the place to bring up Kirk Brown that no longer watches Puebla. Um, yeah, so you could find that um, the Lucha Classic podcast. Basically, what we're what I'm thinking is going to happen is I'm probably going to do a, a, a subscriber service to since we've got to cover the cost for the for that website. Um, it's not going to be something that's going to be too expensive. It'll be something where you have three, a couple of different plans where it's like you know a monthly, a seasonal, or an annual plan, and then you could decide more or less what you want to do. It's not going to be anything that's going to be um, uh, over the top expensive. It's going to be something well over 30, 30, 35 bucks or less for the year. It's not going to be anything like, you know, we're talking about a couple of bucks every month. So it's, we're going to do the, we're doing the Lucha Classica podcast. We're thinking of doing a few other shows. Um, I keep getting asked to do a, 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 I know, I know, I think you've heard that there's a blue team and TV series on. Um, yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was on the list to, to talk about, but. You scratch that off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's probably it's probably more inter- it's probably more entertaining to hear you and Cubs tweet about it than to actually watch it. Yeah. So basically, a lot of people have been asking. Cubs fan has asked me if I would. He kind of said it. I don't know if it's going to happen with Cubs fan. If it doesn't happen with Cubs fan, where we do a show talking about Blue Demons TV series, whenever it ends, he's Cubs fan has promised me it ends in twenty episodes. So I'm holding him to that. If it lasts longer than twenty episodes. I think I may have to tap out at that point, but it does look like it's, it's going to be 20 episodes. So he's kind of told me that we might do a podcast on that. If we don't, then I might, I've already told Kurt, Hey, I might have to do a podcast where I talk about this TV series. Cause there's a lot of stuff where it's like the show is nothing like the blue demon, um, that we know in real life, you know, that, his, that we've heard of in real life, you know, his, his career and everything. So that's, that's basically what the, the what what you're probably going to end up getting some extra content on, like you know different shows about um. There's going to be some. Um, we're probably going to bring back our old episode um, show of Slam and Stan also. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much what we're gonna, we're going to be doing as far as a podcast. Um, hopefully people will sign up. If not, you know, we'll we'll probably end up putting them up. There's going to be a couple of episodes for free for you guys to test them out. I think there's a trial um, period for that to like for people just to test it out. See what it what it sounds like, and if you like it, hopefully you can continue and support the support our podcast. And you know, it's 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 going to be fun. I think at worst, you're going to learn something about lucha libre. You're going to hear about some wacky stories about lucha from the past and present. So it's 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 going to be. Um, I I think people will enjoy it. And the first episode you have up on the Lucha World site now for people to to try out because I know you and Kurt were, Kurt was talking about El Paso. Yeah. Stuff from the 30s, and you were talking about the sort of the lucha stuff from the Nitro era on on this on the first show. Yes, and we continued the second. We just recorded the second episode, and we did continue with the. As I promised on that show, I was going to continue with um with the Nitro just because I wanted to talk about the Conan, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, their first 
their first year in um, WCW because I think a lot of people when they talk about guys going to WWE or or you know Lucha Underground and how how popular it is and how these guys are over, I think we tend to forget how great Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio were in 1995 and 1996. I mean, it was like you just go through those results and you're just amazed at the at the quality of um, competition that 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 existed in that period and. Because you know it, it's already it's hard to believe it was twenty years ago now twenty twenty one years ago. Well, um, it se- it seems like if you look at people, when people talk about sort of like the Nitro era, a lot of times it seems like that Ray versus Eddie Halloween Havoc match is the one that like people say is like the best of the Nitro era. Yeah, and you know you you start going through it and it's like oh my god you're you're remembering like Eddie Guerrero wrestling Ric Flair, uh, Ray Mysterio. His his first week in CM in WCW was facing Dean Malenko twice. Uh, There's a, a few other matches. Where, there was a week where Rey Mysterio was wrestling like Juventud Guerrero, uh, Ultimo Dragon, and then I think there was Super Calo in there also. So there's like all these all this interesting stuff that these guys were going through. And Eddie Guerrero wasn't just in, in WCW; he was working New Japan also. Not to mention still slightly in AAA. I think as the year went on in 1996, he pretty much was, I think he was already gone by that point. So it's like, you, you start learning about this stuff. And we also talked about um, La Momia, which is one of Kurt's favorite characters in Argentinian wrestling. And I think people will enjoy that. Um, there's a little more, uh, we, we really do go more into detail on La Momia, how there were multiple Momias, um, how popular La Momia was at that, ta- at that time in Argentina. Um, yeah, I think people will. I think it's. I think it's something that a lot of people will enjoy overall. And I think our next show, uh, we're planning on doing since they announced Yano Three was going to be honored at um, Dos Leyendas. We're probably going to look back and go through the 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 Yano Three Atlantis feud for those people who maybe missed it because a lot of people just remember the big match that happened in on March seventeenth, two thousand, but they don't realize that there was a lot of time built for that match. You know, that was a feud that went on well well longer longer than a year and there was a lot that was going on and there was a lot more that was really went on that was a really uh, cool period for cmll at the time and i think i think you watched that didn't you mark that that time period yeah because yeah and we've already talked about when we get closer to dos leendis dr lucha is going to do the pod and we're going to talk about the atlantis viano match which it's like you know in hindsight it's still funny it's like to think that that actually won match of the year in the observer given the hurdles that like lucha has to overcome in areas in areas of the observer that usually require uh fan voting or voting at all you know it's like lucha doesn't always show up well in the awards and we all know about sort of the underrepresentation in the hall of fame yeah. So the fact that it won that year, now in hindsight, it's almost more amazing than when it happened. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it, it was amazing match, but I mean, the the whole the whole build up to that match was is one of those memorable, you know, moments. So it's like that that's something we're going to talk about. Um, I'm glad you're going to have Dr. Lucha talk about that too, because it's it, it's it, it's going to be interesting to hear what his thoughts on that, because he was you know he was pretty much into that stuff also. So I'm really looking forward to hearing him his his opinion on that as well, his memories of it. Yeah, I remember because I don't know if I had CML TV at the time. I know I know, I ordered, I know I ended up ordering that from High Spots. Like, during that time when they started getting all of the CML pay-per-views. Yeah. But I don't remember if we had Galavision. Yeah, because Galavision then. was one of those channels that, you know, some of us had it, some of us didn't. You know, it was one of those... I think I, I think being in Los Angeles, I mean, it, it was. I guess I was more fortunate where I, I mean, Galavision automatically was added to like, you know, if you had Directv or or a cable system, Galavision was one of those options automatically. So it was it wasn't it wasn't as. Plus, I come from a Latin family, so it's like it had to be on the on there. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like I live in, you know, the r- rural Mid Atlantic where yeah. there is not a great deal of diversity so it was like we're not we weren't going to be getting any of those yeah. channels because i don't yeah i don't think i ever had galavision until we got the dish yeah because i know that like when i go through my videotapes and stuff like i was trying to transfer some stuff not that long ago and yeah and it's it's like the galavision unfortunately it's from like 2003 2004 2005 so yeah. 
Unfortunately, well, I was gonna say, I've I've seen I've sped through a lot of Buriquas versus Dinamitas. You know that was not. Although I ended up with during that very brief period when Unmasked Ray was in CMLL, which is just and teaming with Santo. It's like it's really weird to look at now. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff where you could talk about that. It's like, like there's a lot of fans who aren't familiar with a lot of that stuff because I think, I think there, there's a, there's a the last two three years there's more of an, a lucha audience that's that's learning that's that's getting into lucha based off of like you know the the internet you know there's more of it on YouTube, um, the live shows for CMLL Lucha Underground, Triple um, A being on on YouTube. I think that's a diff, that it's it's there's a there's a different audience that didn't didn't catch. A lot of that stuff from that era, also. And so yeah, so people can check out all that new stuff that you're doing at Lucha World, and you still have, you know, the your news and all that kind of stuff. Even though Chris has has retired from uh, from post poster mania, leaving it to you, which I'm sure now yeah. means a lot more of your free time is devoted to scouring, looking for random indie posters on the internet. I should use your show to demand Chris return to um, doing his lucha reports. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so people can people can check that out. And Fredo, thanks again for doing the show tonight. And we will talk to everybody next time. Um.